Welcome to the DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me are... Fascinant Brian. And uh, unfortunately, the D in the DB&J is apparently more of a, a permanent uh, reduction in our uh, commentary. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could find a dastardly, maybe. We could find a dastardly, or a Derek, or a uh, uh, another Donnie, maybe. Anyway... D- Demolition. Demolition. Uh, so we have a special guest tonight. We have a term. Uh, we have a commissioner Travis, uh, also live via Skype. Hello. Yes, this is Commissioner Travis. And let me just say, I'm really missing the D and DB and J wrestling. B and J. Hmm. B J T. B T J. And they're all terrible. We'll one something else later on. One way or the other, there's a dick joke somewhere. There, there's always a dick joke between B and J. Uh, so, folks, we have for you tonight our raw recap of 2000. Of uh, what was what day was it yesterday? Uh, June 9, 2014. Uh, and then we'll go through our top five list, top five gimmicks of all time, because last week was top five worst of all time. And pretty much it, it, it turned into like a top 100 list between the both of us, I think. I mean, you pretty much you just uh, you list off every bad one you get because there's more bad than good. That's just how it works. It really is. It really is, unfortunately. Uh, and then finally, we're going to do our first debate about what exactly is our debate, uh, Commissioner Travis? Uh, it's about John Cena. About John and, Cena. Uh, yeah. But whether or not he's good or bad for the business, is that what we're debating? Uh, basically, the the name of it will be uh, Let's Go Cena versus Cena Sucks. <laughs> Good call. Uh, Brian, of course, will be going with Cena sucks, and I'm playing the devil's advocate of uh, Cena. What's going now? On? Now, are you doing that because uh, you already know the side I would choose, or because if you already think Cena sucks as well, we could just cut a wrap up shop right away. Well, yeah. I could debate either way, but I think I have a pretty strong debate about why he's about why Cena does not suck. Yes, uh, it's true. All right. We will see. We, we shall see. see. All right. So starting off with uh, Raw. Start out with uh, probably the most depressing moment of my, uh, my my recent comeback to wrestling in the past year and a half or so. With Daniel Bryan losing the belt via pretty much medical reasons. Um, I think that in the segment, uh, Triple H and uh, Stephanie were excellent heels. And uh, definitely uh, got us hyped for Money in the Bank. Um, however, they also decided to put in uh, Randy Orton into the match, too. Uh, Commissioner Travis, what did you think about this segment? Oh, well, yeah, it was a shame to miss for uh, Brian uh, to, miss the, to miss the title. And, and it's, uh, I believe it's a shame to miss the Money in the Bank contract. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll, yeah. I don't well, know, I'm hoping they'll find a way to... To uh, maybe do another ladder match or something, I don't know. I hear they're still going to do two ladder matches: one for Money in the Bank and one for the actual belt itself. That would be good. Yeah, even though I I love the match itself, I think that the gimmick of being able to to challenge for a title at any time is stupid. But that's my own personal opinion. <laughs> what do you think about it, Brian? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's only stupid just because it's pretty much been done the same way because the only guys I think was like Cena and I think RVD are the ones who like cat like let you know beforehand hey I'm going to cash it in at this time everyone else did it like after a match or something crazy yeah it was just me stupid it was just like oh great this is the best match ever he finally won the belt and then somebody comes in with a money in the bank uh, briefcase wins the belt and then becomes champion for god knows how long like uh, freaking yeah. Randy Orton, I think that was just terrible. Uh, Alberto Del Rio did it the same way. They've done it way too many times. To be fair, I mean, it was sucky the way they did it, but it was the build-up, the start of the Daniel Bryan build-up. That is true. That is true. That's that's pretty much where he got his start. But he already won the belt in the match beforehand. This is true, and he did beat Cena, so I could use that for my thing later. I'm also going to use that for my thing later uh, on, too. But the thing is, like, real super real quick, like, okay, you look at, like, Ziggler and, like, the reaction he got when he cashed it in, or, like, even even uh, with The Miz, like, the look in the crowd when everybody's all pissed off and sad, and one kid was crying because Miz won the belt. I'm sad crying because he won the belt. Uh, but he's awesome. Like, he married Maurice. You can't, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, he, he did. With that. He did very well. But, no, um, as far as, like, the match itself, I mean, like, it, the fact that they said that he was having weakness in his, in his arm from the next surgery. I mean, you don't mess around with something like that. So no, I'd much rather have a Daniel Bryan miss like the last two pay per views than it's like five years of his career. 
Uh, only, cool Steve Austin. Yeah, the only problem I, I'm, I'm concerned, and I know you are too, is like, you know, the fact that he's taken so much of a beating to get to that point, will they let him get there again? Easily. I, I doubt they would ever not give the belt back to him because he's so over right now that they, they have to give it back to him at some point. It really depends like on who wins the match at the pay-per-view because if it's like a guy that you can tell that it's a short-term guy right away, you know he's getting the belt back. But if it's like, let's say it's like Roman Reigns, for instance, like just out of the shoot, like, do you think they're going to pull the trigger on him and then give Dan O'Brien the belt back? It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. We never know at this point. So that leads up to our next uh, segment, which is uh, Money in the Bank qualifier, Sheamus versus Bad News Barrett. Commissioner Travis, you've been real quiet, so what would you think about the match? Uh, it, it was it was all right. It was it was a good wrestling match. Um, I was I was hoping they'd give Barrett the win, but uh, other than the, the ending, it was it was a decent match. Yeah, I'm loving Bad News Barrett though. I think it's probably the best like rehash they've done for Star lately, like a Damien Sandow. Uh, what did you think, uh, Brian? Oh yeah. Well yeah. No, no. There's no point. Because I, I, if they're honestly, that's the point of smacking right. If it was that good, we we would do the show Wednesdays and talk about the Thurs the Tuesday spoilers. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Um. Next up is Xavier Woods versus Bo Lee Dallas. Bo Dallas beating Woods. Um. In a pretty blah match. Um. Kind of crappy. At least he hugged him at the end and gave him the inspirational speech. So. I'm liking the Bo Dallas thing. It's it's kind of growing on me, um, but I don't know if the fans really want to see that as like a heel or a face turn. So, I know, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I I just I can't stand him at all. Like it's, you know, I, I believe that it's going to be crap within a couple months. I mean, you know, like you you, you want to root for a guy to have a chance, but every time I see him. I want to get hit in the head of the steel chair constantly. Is that what they're trying to make me feel? Uh, Maybe. Do you believe that you want to be hit in the head with a steel chair constantly? He's just so horrible. Like, like, you know, is it? Do we need that kind of guy who just goes out and hugs his opponents after a match? Like, like the whole gimmick from head to toe just drives me nuts. And, and like Xavier Woods, I feel bad for him because he's a jobber and he never got started. <laughs> That's why hanging out with our truth gets you. Oh man, Commissioner. I actually like Bud Dallas, okay, but but yeah, he has the same problem as Rusev. It's like, what are they gonna? They, yeah. they need both of them to give them something to do. Yeah, well, I just feel like they, they this the latest NXT talent they brought out, which has been uh, Rusev, uh, Rose, and Dallas. Like they just get them started, but they don't know where to take. Yeah, they don't know where to take them from here. They just. Like all three of them, it's just like they can—they can't move on to some kind of storyline, um, or or just go somewhere, you know. It, yeah, it's just kind of frustrating. You kind of wish they would actually do something with them. Would it surprise anybody if, in before like the next twelve months is over, that Bo Dallas is just like reduced to like some kind of cheesy life coach or assistant cheesy life coach GM type of role? Like, if you want to conquer America, Rusev, you gotta believe. Like, I'm just—I'm like, serious. Like, he's. I don't see him going for any title unless somebody really, like, you know, wet the bed, so to speak. Um, I don't know. Just give this guy some time. Like, actually have him, like, do good matches. Give him, like, the good, like, at least commercial break length matches. And um, I think they'll, they'll be doing much better uh, in, in terms of, like, wanting to keep them around. But, yeah, right now the current package, yeah, I can just kind of see that. So I have to believe that he doesn't suck or he eventually will get better. <laughs> Yes, you do. Just have to. Okay. Okay. I, I, I will try. Uh, yeah, right now, I think I'm being a, jo- a jobber. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have another Money in the Bank qualifier uh, and kind of, a, kind of a blah match. It's Rob Van Dam defeated, being defeated by Cesaro. Um, this whole match just feels awkward. Like, there's two styles that just don't mesh at all, and they've been paired together for, for weeks on end now. Uh, what do you think of this, uh, Brian? Yeah, I mean... It, I mean, they did a decent job, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a while back. It's like they've been feuding for a little bit, but yeah. to tell you the truth, like this it was a sinker, and you knew who was going to win before the bell even rang. So, for me, if you're going to get Cesaro in there, I mean, you pick the right guy because 
he puts on a decent match and you knew he was going to get into the money in the bank, but I, I'd want a more believable opponent that you think, hey, maybe Cesaro isn't going to win the match. Agreed. Travis? Yeah, these two seem to have bad match after bad match. I'm not sure why they, they keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah, I, I just I feel like they, they kind of book people together for quite a bit. Like, either it's uh, Barrett and... Um, um, Seamus. Seamus, thank you. Uh, or it's Cesaro and um, RVD. But yeah, these like some of these pairings work really well, and some of them just don't catch on. But so I mean, I've seen Cesaro do great matches with other people. So uh, hopefully his style is not that limited, and he learns and can actually adapt to other people's styles too. All right. So next up, we have the Seth Rollins and Michael Cole sit-down interview. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, explains why he broke from the Shield uh, and then was proceeded to almost be attacked by the Shield, who then get ambushed by the Wyatts, and then John Cena runs out and makes a save. Um, start with you, Commissioner. What do you think of Seth Rollins? Uh, yeah, I think he did a good job. Um, it was it was nice to finally get an explanation on on why he turned on the Shield. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, well, I wish we had a better reason, like, Triple H is holding my family hostage, or he promised I could have one night with Stephanie. Um, that would probably be... Yeah, it was just an, that would it was much, just an okay explanation. Yeah, it's just like, didn't want those guys to hold me back or something like that. What'd you think about it, Brian? Maybe he lost a bet, you think? Like, you know, like, okay, I had to break up from the Shield, but at least Triple H let me keep my hair. Because, <laughs> I mean, he figured with that suit, he was going to have to get a haircut to, to match, to have the whole corporate look. Yeah, you think he would, yeah. I mean, he's got new music and, and everything, so, I mean, why not just a new look altogether? But, yeah, I think, I think one of you were, last week was saying that, that you hoped he didn't come out in a suit. We were we were uh, setting that up actually. <laughs> yeah, proof yeah. for the proof they listen to us by the way. They do, and it's all black suits, <laughs> black tie, black shirt. Back. I mean, come on, guys. It's kind of I don't know. Giant the, suit, the suit doesn't work for Kane. I don't know why they keep thinking everybody they bring in has to wear a suit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of suit, I'm going to file suit against WWE for subjecting me to Page versus Alicia Fox with Page winning. Love you, Page. Um, and then Alicia Fox just goes psycho and beats up Oksana. It's creepy and weird, and I, I'm, I wish they would do something else with Paige besides put with Alicia Fox. What do you think, Brian? Uh, aren't they just killing time before they bring AJ out of, you know, timeout or punishment or whatever corner she's she's in right now? You married that deserter. Pretty much. I, I just... I feel like, wow, I feel like we could take this last segment back. We're talking about Divas. What are we doing? What are we doing? Travis, talk about, uh, we're, we're just going to skip this because we're talking about Divas. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Yeah. Speaking of not terrible, it was Santino Morella getting his ass kicked by Jack Swagger. Uh, Swagger using a Swagger bond to pin him one, two, three. Oh, this was beautiful to me. Uh, Travis, what do you think about Italians being beaten up by guys from Oklahoma? Oh, uh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't know. It was a decent match. I have nothing really to add. Mm, it wasn't like, really a good match. It was really quick, but it just kind of yeah, inspired to look dangerous now. Uh, Brian? Does beating Santino really help all the jobbing he's done the last six months? I, I don't think so. It's like the king of the jobbers <laughs> at this point. It's a start. Yeah. It's, it's, like, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like we gave him a win, uh, so let's go have him uh, job the Fandango next week. Oh, God. And then Mark Henry, and then the big show when he comes back. Uh, so next up we have our main events, John Cena and, the Sh uh, well, The Shield, as of Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, versus the Wyatt family. And um, actually a pretty decent match. I thought it was pretty good. Um, a lot of facing peril with uh, Cena, a lot of facing peril with uh, Ambrose. But overall, put everybody over. Um, and, of course, the, uh, the Cena and The Shield get the win. Brian, what did you think about the match? I saw a story. I don't know if you you, you read it or knew about it, but they, they said they made a point to where they didn't want to zoom in on Cena's face because he's got some kind of eye injury, so they didn't want to show that off. Hmm. So like they, they said only far away shots when he's in the ring or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think I kind of noticed that last week. Or the, but, last, night, last night, actually. Oh, my goodness. 
But to be to be fair, I mean, like you, you kind of knew who the third guy was going to be because you know, it's it's Cena. He'll he'll he he would tag with Moppy if Moppy was going to help him get over. Um, but to tell you the truth, like I thought the whole thing with the Wyatts was over for him. I guess I was wrong. I guess you were wrong, Commissioner. Uh, yeah, it was a good match. Um, uh, Any insightful commentary besides not really. this? Not really. <laughs> oh, well, I did like at the beginning how they uh, they didn't tag in Cena for a while. They kind of just wanted to work with the shield. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to put Cena in there and become Super Cena and then, you know, blows up the ring. What can you say? Uh, sure. But I... I were they really avoiding him, or were they just saving him embarrassment from putting on a longer match, per se? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm saving it for later. Save saving it for later, you are saving it for later. Um, so anyway, uh, overall, I give Raw C+, at best. It's a lot of great stuff, like... I think about maybe four or five of the segments were really good, but the rest of it is just complete crap, and you, you almost want to question your faith in humanity watching that show. Um, Travis, what'd you think? Yeah, definite C plus. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just wondering where where did they get those belts? Did did uh, Brian like FedEx them back, or? I'm sure they sent somebody <laughs> to, to Daniel Bryan's house. They got the belts. It wasn't an altercation or anything like that. Oh. They have spares anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, because unless it's got the yes, 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 or whatever that thing is on the side, which is I, what I like about these new ones, because it's tailored to each individual person. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got it, like, on a trophy case somewhere at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what did you think about the uh, the, the Raw Braille, though, Brian? Yeah, I feel I, I agree with you as far as the rating, like a C plus. It's just it's so disappointing with the way the pay per view was, and then like the the Raws coming out of it. You want to be strong going into Money in the Bank, and hopefully now that they have a direction that the title is going, they can start putting more effort into it. Yeah, I wish they would put more people into it and actually like get a good some good storylines going with the undercard. Um, but pretty much just throwing everybody they can into that main event um, is going to be it's, well. They have like what three more spots to go. That's it. Uh, is it seven or eight people in the match? I think, it's, I think I saw it was like seven people in the match. Right now it's just Cesaro, uh, Orton, um, Del Rio, and Sheamus. Yeah, yeah. Sheamus. Yeah. So, man, like I'm t- like, okay. Do you think prediction time? Do you think any of the Shield guys are going to make those last three spots? No. 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 Seven versus the. They're going to fight each other. I mean, that's just pretty much where you want to go in the next pay review. I was going to say, like, if they put them in there with Seth Rollins, like, now, they're wasting it. It's got to build up to at least SummerSlam. Yeah, it's probably going to be, like, Cena or maybe a couple other guys. Um, I really have no idea who else they're going to put in there at this point because it's up in the air. Well, uh, you know, Undertaker, let's bring him back. Um, or maybe, you know, his clients. Actually, no, he wants one client to win, not, not two in that match, so... Oh, so no, no Lesnar, huh? No Lesnar. You know Lesnar. Um, I did like the fact that Paul Heyman did tease the, the fans with the uh, after WrestleMania party. Do you know how great that would be, actually? Because he's on a limited appearance schedule anyway, so you never know when he would show up to cash in on that briefcase. You never, that would be cool. Yeah, and don't you think Lesnar would be great in a ladder match? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they put Mark Henry. They put Mark Henry money in the bank. Can Lesnar be any worse? True, true. <laughs> true, true. Lesnar would just jump up and grab the belts and then be done. <laughs> That's how I see it, Denny. Uh So anyway, all right. Well, uh, next up, let's move to our top five list of all time, uh, which is the top five gimmicks. Uh, uh, I mean, we're just going off of last week because you know what's. You know, you, you can't only be so negative, so let's just be it's true. I mean, we, 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 It's really easy to be negative and when you're talking about professional wrestling <laughs> because they make it so easy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's good to talk about a few positive things. So I'm willing to uh, to, to, to go over you know, what I think is the best stuff they've done. Uh, who wants to start? I believe that would be you. I mean, it's your list. It is my list. So yes, I'll go first. Um, so my number five spot, I always usually reserve for something that's that's happening right now. So I'll go with the best gimmick they have going today, which is easily the Wyatt family. Ooh. Um, which is, you know, it's kind of hard to exactly describe what Bray Wyatt is. I mean, kind of pseudo-Southern cult leader. Um, he's got that, that shade of mysticism about him, that 
that like the Undertaker had. Um, he has that kind of southern hillbilly uh, look to him, which he's rarely ever done well. Uh, but ultimately, it's ripping off like say horror movies like. Um, um, I can't remember any of my <laughs> right now, but you know, it, is, it, gets, it has a kind of horror feel mentality to it. Uh, it's like, yeah, they feel like Rob Zombie characters is what they feel like. Uh, Ooh, House of a Thousand Corpses, that was good. You know, which I haven't even seen, but if you know, I've seen enough of that, like, yeah, that's what they're going for, and I think it works brilliantly, and I think that 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 gimmick can last for years. So yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, hopefully they just don't, you know, have some kind of crazy cactus jackers like he ends up in like in some kind of like uh, a sane asylum match where he's just locked in some place in like you know uh, one of those crazy man suits and white walls everywhere yeah well he's got the whole world in his hands so it's kind of hard to do hmm. I mean you can give him a window view maybe yeah <laughs> uh, well uh, Travis you want to go you want to go uh, yeah yeah sure my number five is Daniel Boone I'm just kidding <laughs> It is the Godfather. Oh, oh! Yeah, please explain. Who who doesn't love the Godfather's entrance with the hoe train? Um, After the entrance, uh, maybe not. But I I do love the the whole uh, pimp gimmick. I mean, that that would work for about anybody, I think. True. It was it was the most successful gimmick he ever has as a uh, performer. That's for sure. Better than Papa Shango. Oh, and uh, the Supreme Fighting Machine comma. Like, uh, I mean, nothing's better than making the Ultimate Warrior, you know, puke and have, you know, fake stuff, like, spewing down his face. But, no, Godfather was great. Godfather was, was you know, it really was good from the Attitude Era. Um, it, didn't have, it wouldn't have much legs outside of it, but, man, that was that was cool. Especially with the hoe train. It's just, like, get every single, like, escort you could find in the city just to show up for Raw. Here's, like, $1,000. You know, yeah. they, Victoria was actually one of his uh, his hoes during like one of the random appearances he had. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, best best Godfather though thing. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, it was like a raw pay per view for like a couple of, like years, like six seven years ago, where like uh, Viscero was like into Lillian Garcia. If you remember that? Uh, no, I think I well, blew that out of my mind. Yeah, like they got uh, apparently they had gotten serious enough that he was going to propose to her. But like when he was about to, like Godfather comes out there with like a massive amount of uh, hose, let's just call them, and uh, pretty much like sold Visceral on that. And you just try to you watch Lillian pretend to cry that Visceral was walking away. Fantastic! Uh, it was so good. Yeah. Anyway, so what's your number five, Brian? Uh, I went with Raven. Ooh. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like the fact that he was such a clown as Johnny Polo. Like, this, seeing him manage the Quebecers, you would never think he'd be the guy that would crucify, you know, Sandman on a cross at an ECW show. He'd never put that together, but he just, he found it. Like, he went with it, had great fuses with, with Dreamer and Sandman, and then had the flock in WCW. And his WCW time was very underrated with, like, his DDP matches. Um, I know he did a little bit of stuff with Jericho. He even had a match with Kevin Nash one time, I remember. But, like, the Raven character itself, like, you could do so much stuff with it, and he did a really great job. So I love Raven. Yeah, I forget how awesome he was, actually. Um, yeah, Raven, very, very uh, prototypical um Way of family, actually, because the whole co-leader thing is being super serious and everything. But why it's more of the Joker and uh, Raven is more of uh, Batman. <laughs> Wait, would, would Raven be the Riddler, maybe? Um, uh, no, Raven's got too much angst to be the Riddler. Um, Raven's more of a um, maybe more of a Red Hood, if I may use a modern um, reference. Mm. All right, I agree. Okay, so my number four gimmick of all time is Demolition. And uh, the reason I chose Demolition is because the wrestlers they picked for Demolition were, I would say, subpar, but, you know, if they were doing anything other than this gimmick, they just wouldn't be over. Um, But Demolition essentially was ripping off Kiss, but they did it right. Uh, They dressed like freaking Metal Warriors from Mad Max, came in the mask with... Uh, came to the ring with masks on, had uh, the spiked leather uh, gear and everything. In terms of wrestling ability, they were okay, but they weren't special or great, but it's still, this the gimmick itself just got them super over. 
Did you ever think they were ripping off the Road Warriors at all? Or um, probably. Um, but it's cool because the gimmick works. Yeah, yeah they had great entrance <laughs> music, and the only problems I have with them is that like, they you you could sub them into the Village People, and they wouldn't blink an eye <laughs> with, with with the outfits. Um, but hey, cool thing about those guys, I remember they were number one and number two in the '89. Royal Rumble, I want to say. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't get any better than like seeing tag team partners beat the crap out of each other. I'm a fan of that myself. So, this guy. The only problem, though, if I may, is the fact that they brought Crush in. Yeah. Well, the, after they lost the belts, or they won the belts from the Colossal Connection and brought Crush in and started using the Freebird rules to defend them. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Well, I mean, they, it came out that like the. I think it was Axe. Like, he had some kind of heart problem, so like, he couldn't compete anymore, so they, that's why they brought in Crush to be the third guy. Yeah, no, uh, I think Axe wasn't, like, medically cleared or something like that, so that's why they brought in Crush. Yeah, poor, poor guys. But that, that version of Demolition you talking about is fantastic. Yeah, I like their it. first debut to about, like, WrestleMania 6, they are spot on. Mm-hmm. All right, Charles. Uh, what you got, Commissioner? Okay. All right, yeah, my number four was The Hurricane. And who would stand back? Stand back. Yes. What's the hurricane coming through? What's that? Yeah, nobody would really think a superhero gimmick would work. I don't think, but uh, but he he really pulled it off. With uh, he put the right amount of cheesiness in it, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I like the, I, I do miss the hurricane, but didn't he like get like smoke up with Jeff Hardy or something like that, and then he can't wrestle in WWE. I, no, I just feel bad because like he got saddled with what Molly Holly is his superhero sidekick, and then what was it? Uh, uh, Rosie was the superhero in training. But I did love Super Stacy though. I thought she was pretty cool. Yeah, but they made her wear a mask. Ooh, that's true. She has a uh, very beautiful face. Anyway, uh, moving on before we get cool. really distracted. Uh, Brian, what was your number four? Uh, I went with the Iron Sheik. Because, you know, I, I've gone back, and basically, it's for absolutely nothing he did in the ring, because most of his stuff was, bef- his good stuff was before my time, but, like, he's, like, the most hilarious, most offensive, old racist guy I've ever seen in my life. Like, anything he ever does, he just goes off on a tangent, and he's never not entertaining. That's like, true. it's, like, he is, he is so, he's so freaking hilarious. And, I mean, and again, I mean... If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Hulkamania, and those pointy boots killed me. And him being Volkov's tag team partner, so you got an Iran guy and the Russian guy back in the 80s, that's some pretty serious heat right there. But like as far as interviews, you don't get better than the Iron Sheik. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right, well, my number three. Uh, actually, I'm kind of like doing like a blanket number three here, but i got to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, only because that Stone Cold Steve Austin was, you know, Steve Austin is you know, as a real person, but it's kind of ramped up about ten times. Um, and that pretty much anybody who has this kind of gimmick, like, is really good at, at it. Like, uh, Ric Flair, The Rock, uh, Mick Foley, um, any of those guys, like, pretty much, like, when they act like the, themselves as opposed to, like, portraying characters, like, just do such a better job out of it. But uh, but Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think, it was a great gimmick because he wasn't trying to be a hero. He was just out for number one, and he was just going to kick your ass. And I, I think just that gimmick itself alone is just amazing. Yeah, definitely a great gimmick. I think it was just kind of an exaggeration of his of his real life self. So. Yeah. Man, they know arguments there. That's a good choice. I like <laughs> it. Uh, what was your number three, Travis? Uh, my number three was Carlito. What? <laughs> yeah, Carlito. They he just did. wanted people to be cool. Yeah, or he'll spit yeah. apple in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like cool. he was from... Yeah, he was from the Caribbean. Then he had a big fro. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, say what you want about Daniel Bryan shirts, but Travis does still own a Carlito shirt. I did buy one, yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's. Uh... Is that is that too much? Is that like uh like too much information really? Way too much information for me. Moving on to you, Brian. What was your number three? Uh, you know, I went with the NWO. Um, hmm. Just. I mean, yeah, I mean, you had established guys that were in there, 
Uh, but the, uh, the stuff at the beginning, if you just focus on those three guys, like them coming together like that changed everything. And even when it started to deteriorate and it just got out of hand, like anytime the NWO was on, I never flipped the channel back to Raw. So like it had my interest no matter what they were doing. True. So, you know, just, you know, looking back now, I kind of feel bad because they made WCW look like a bunch of chumps, but... They did. They really ruined a lot of careers. And even even when you thought it was going to end, it didn't end. You know, they brought Jeff Jarrett in and Bret Hart for two days. But um, the, the NW itself, like, was... I, I really liked it. It could have been handled better, but that in itself, I thought was a great gimmick to me. Right. Okay, then. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to go with uh, my number two, which is uh, the All-American, uh, everybody's favorite hero, Hulk Hogan. He was just, uh, I mean, pretty much the, the you know, I'm talking about the early 80s Hulk Hogan, not the washed-up, so-around 90s Hulk Hogan or Hollywood Hogan, but yeah, he was the ultimate hero for everybody. So yeah, you can't go wrong with that gimmick at all. We put uh, by slam Andre the Giant. I mean, he's made him the biggest superhero ever. So, Travis, what was your number three? Uh, number three. Let me see. Oh yes, it was Razor Ramon. He was the uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he he was actually he was actually kind of a better version of Carlito if you think about it. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. We're at number two. What am I thinking of? Oh yeah. Well, that's still my number two. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Let me check. Yep. And uh, yeah, he was like he was like the first uh, kid that I think people could legitimately cheer for because he, he was funny. He was funny. He was he was kind of cool. You could argue that. He was cool. He was definitely cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you like his blade and Scarface ripoff though? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I actually, uh, that accent fooled me. What? What are you doing, Mang? <laughs> As Chico. bad as it was. As bad as it was, I thought maybe he was Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were so innocent back in 1992, weren't you? I was. I was. I was. True. True. So, yeah, <laughs> what happened to the next guy? Don't worry about the next guy. I liked. I liked Razor. Very good choice. <laughs> Wait, uh, Tim. What was your number two? Did you already say it? I already said my number two. We we kind of took a pause there. I completely forgot. LeBron James consumed my mind. It's terrible. Um, by the way, I hope they lose tonight. Anyways, uh, all right, so number two. Uh, let's see. You know, I guess maybe not to shock anybody. I'm, I'm not going to go with the obvious pick. I'm going with Million Dollar Man to DiBiase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I almost put him on my list. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you would have been a great choice. <laughs> DiBiase, uh, you know... The fact, like, the outrage that happened when, like, when Andre beat Hogan for the belt, the controversy, and then he sold the belt to DiBiase, and, like, even for one day, they said DiBiase was WWF champion. Like, the amount of heat he got was fantastic, but not just that. Like, he, he would always put on a good match, whether it was, like, with Savage or Hogan or, like, Jake Roberts or even... He had, he had to wrestle Bruce the Bar Beefcake at WrestleMania Five. How ridiculous is that? That's a waste of talent right there. Um, Brutus? Yeah, well, no, I mean, DiBiase having to fight Bruce completely. Bruce is a waste of talent. But, uh, and even later on, like, he got a, a bit of a lease, an extra lease, because he got uh, IRS, which, you know... That's actually a pretty decent gimmick, but I mean the fact that they put them together and they're pretty good tag team champs, you can't go wrong. Like I thought DiBiase was a fantastic bad guy. Agreed, definitely probably the best yeah. uh, ever, actually. Number one. All right, so for my number one uh, all, gimmick of all time, I think this is pretty obvious, but when it came down to it, I couldn't choose anybody else but this person. Uh, this gimmick was first introduced in the early 90s and is still ongoing today. Uh, my number one is The Undertaker. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, supernatural force of darkness who fights for good sometimes, fights for evil other times. He's gone through a ton of changes, but it still remains the same gimmick. Even when he's been a biker, he's still been referred to as The Undertaker. 
Um, and, you know, for he's got a great shtick. Uh, he no-sells offense for a while, gets knocked down, comes back up, does a couple of good moves on him. Um, and really, it's been... Uh, you know, the Undertaker has been been riding this gimmick for years and years and years, and you know has made him probably one of the most successful wrestlers of all time, just based on this gimmick alone. Um, so yeah, I really can't say if there's anything than any other gimmicks that have been this good. Yeah, if you're gonna make a list, let's say top five list of of guys who supposedly killed their parents and burned their brother in a basement accident. <laughs> Undertaker is my number one as well. But yeah, no, that's a really, he's a really, the fact that, you know, he's originally some undead zombie, and the fact that he's made it this long, that's really a testament to him and how he's evolved as a character. Not quite so. Travis, what was your number one? Uh, my number one was Mankind. It was, it was a crazy gimmick. I don't even think uh, uh, Mick Foley liked it to begin with, you know, backstage. But he he really really made it work, yeah. Um, and it and it really fit his his hardcore uh, wrestling. And yeah, he was he was just great at kind of a tortured soul. Well, was that was that the best of all four McFoley gimmicks? Oh, definitely. You think so? Yeah. Well, well, well you think it, it was the it, best. It beats Do Love. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Dude Love was pretty crappy, and Cactus Jab was kind of boring. I think just Mick yeah. Foley, like, as himself, is probably the best of all of them, because he's just such an entertaining guy. Yeah, wow. yeah. I like it. That's a really good choice. Um, and that's why I really feel like I shouldn't go next, because my, my sh- pick is going to stink out the joint. Um, <laughs> is there a Cat Miller? Hey, you know, I had thought about it. But, uh, you know, for the sake of it, I'm going to go a slight bit higher, and that's Edge. Um, Okay. Just for the simple fact, like, his beginning stuff was, you know, stale as, as, what, J.R. Expression, Dale Cornbread, maybe? I don't know, but, like, when he he caught on fire with the, as soon as he cashed in on Cena and became the Radar Superstar, like, that shot him up into legitimate, hey, he's a heavyweight champ, we'll take this guy seriously. And, like, his gimmick from that point on, being like that sleazeball who had, like, a really hot Lita at the time, like, I mean, I feel bad for Vicky Guerrero stuff, but uh, I think that's just punishment for the Lita thing. But, uh, I mean, just the whole, I mean, I guess if you can go through his entire career, like, he's always had good, good partners, really good entrance music. I mean, the only thing, the only knock that Edge has ever had besides his injury con- issues was like he had cheesy finishing names like the Execution and the Educator. But overall, I, I, you can't. I, I I have never had an issue with Edge at all. Like from one point to the from the Brood all the way to the end. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that's our top five list of this week. Uh, Brian, what are we gonna do next week? Ooh. Uh. You know, I, I was gonna think. Uh, give me a second to think on that, because I had an idea, and it just completely escaped me. Yeah, that's usual, Brian. We'll yeah. talk about it later. Yeah, it, it, was a fast, it was a fast thought, just like a fast count. You know, I apologize. <laughs> All right, well, should we begin the great debate about John Cena? Sure, sure. Well, I'll be your moderator for the evening. And, uh, and this is about John Cena. Let's go Cena versus Cena sucks. So, whenever Cena's in the ring, we usually hear a chant of, let's go Cena, and then Cena sucks. About half and half, it seems like, lately. So, you're being generous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yeah. So, Jim, you'll be representing let's go Cena, and Brian Brian, will be representing Cena sucks. So... I feel like I'm crushing all the kids' spirits in the world who are listening right now. I feel like I'm fighting for all the kids and their hero right now. <laughs> well, try to get the audience on your side to to join your half of the chant because I'm going to have any listeners uh, email us at dbjpodcast at gmail.com and decide the winner. Hmm. Okay, you'll get like maybe one vote, and that's going to be from Brian's. Uh, that, that's uh, fine. <laughs> you know, yeah, I won! That's like the first plug I think we've actually had on the show. And it takes I was aware there was an it. email address, dbjpodcast at gmail.com. I made it. Oh, well, we should definitely put uh, put that on the, uh, the the YouTube page then. Anyway, oh, sure. what's the first question, Commissioner? 
Okay, well, I just wanted to, first I want to see if you just have any uh, opening statements. Um, so, let's go Brian, you want to? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brian, oh, okay. you can go first. I'll be, I'm, I'm yeah, going to be okay. sporting unless you go first. Cena sucks, so let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, there, it, it's probably going to come out in this thing completely, just just the real reason why I've never actually liked this guy. Yeah. See? See? So, somebody, somebody's going off right now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> but, uh, to tell you the truth, um, I've just never been a fan of his from, like, from the beginning, and even till now for the refusal to turn bad, so Cena sucks. There we go. Cena has been the most dominant wrestler in WWE history in the last nine years, and that's that's easy to be you know, very easily said. Uh, he's won more titles during that time. He's had the main evented more than anybody else. Uh, I'm not even like using statistics. I mean, that's just pretty much given fact. I mean, because the man is that good in the ring and that good in the mic, it always gets a crowd response, whether it's negative or positive. He always gives 110% to every single thing he does. And uh, so the criticisms about him, about booking, are, are, I mean, I could see why they're coming from, but ultimately are not legitimate because the man does put people over and does get back to the company. Okay, very good start. Um, so let's start with Ryan. First question: What is John Cena's gimmick, and does it work? Oh, uh, the answer second part: No. Um, <laughs> okay, well, he it, even have one. It, it honestly, he does. I mean, it's 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 morphed over the year. If you look uh, the years, because he was like that the rapping vanilla ice white guy, and then he turns into you know, hey, I'm gonna be this marine who has this horrible salute. Um. And then this whole never give up thing, like, like I, I don't know, I don't understand, like, why, again, he, to, okay, let's just like, get my thought back on track. To me, like, it doesn't work, because if you look at his, if you look at his game from, like, beginning to now, there's been one consistent thing, and that once he turned into a full-fledged babyface, there's been no change in that time. You look at, like, the last nine years... And everybody's had at least a face, a heel, face turn, something like that. Like, at the point where you're at your hottest, you switch to the other side. And for whatever reason, whether it's his, whether it's his decision or a backstage decision, they haven't pulled the trigger. And at this point, like, you just get tired of seeing him because you know he's going to be doing the same things, same shtick, the same moves, and the same results. Like, unless something changes with Cena, he's just unwatchable to me. Okay. Very good. Then, Jim, does do you think Cena's uh, gimmick? Uh, what part do you think really gets the crowd behind him? Well, I think the crane that that really gets behind him is that he is um, like Hulk Hogan. His gimmick is that he is the ultimate babyface uh, hero to to the kids, and uh, you know, always stands up for what's right. Which um, you know, I, I can see that being you know not appreciated by the entire audience because a lot of people are adults and they're very cynical and they don't see the, the positivism, positivity uh, given off by, uh, by John Cena. Um, you know, he, you know, always gives, again, 110% to everything that he does. Uh, and he, you know, lives this gimmick with a hustle, loyalty, and respect. Uh, and, you know, it's getting a reaction, whether it's negative or positive. Um, and even so, he even says, I love hearing the fans, even if they boo me or cheer me, at least I'm getting something from them. So... What is there not? Uh, what is not working about the gimmick right now? I mean, even though he's refusing to turn heel, uh, it, it, you know his, his face gimmick works so well that there's no reason to turn him to be a bad guy. Okay, good points. Good points. Any any any, any, any rebuttal time there? Oh, sure, sure. That's some rebuttal time. <laughs> uh, no, my only my only thing is like. At some point, again, you have to you have to at least want to try or to venture out that way. I mean, okay, with Hogan, yeah, he was cheered like throughout his entire first WWF run, but at that point, even Vince knew, you know, when to like when to pull the plug on it, and then that's when Hogan left and went to WCW and did the same shtick for like two or three years, and he started getting booed out of the joint there. And then he did the NWO thing, which saved his career, honestly. But 
you know, is it is it a testament to him to like, hey, I'm getting booed this much, but I still like the fact that they're giving me a reaction. How about, you know, like how about instead of just like you know recognizing that they're booing, they do something about it because anybody else that they've ever had that got that kind of bad reaction that you would have either never seen the guy again or they were repackaged him in some sort of way. But they keep sh- they kept shoving the same shit down people's throats over and over again, and they I don't it's just maybe a lack of either they either they don't realize or they just don't care that. You know, they, they're not changing with the times because Cena hasn't evolved in the last nine years, but the, the kids who cheered him when he started have grown up, and they see the same thing, and it's getting old. Cena has the highest merchandising sales in the company. That's my uh, statement. Those, those damn okay, kids. Okay, those, those, okay uh, gentlemen. Let's, let's those meddling kids. Questions. It's what's best for business. <laughs> oh. let's, let's get on to the next question. Okay. All right, Jim, can, this might be a tough one. Can you possibly defend Cena's ring work? He only has, like, five moves. Yeah, so what? So did Hulk Hogan. So did Bret Hart. So did uh, uh, so did Kevin Nash. So did uh, Razor Ramon. Everybody's got their go-to moves. Granted, some people have more moves than other people, but damn it. All right, look, let's look at the fact here. John Cena, in the past year, has he not given you great matches with other wrestlers? Let's look back here. Okay, so he's gotten the match with Bray Wyatt from uh, this last pay-per-view, which was awesome. Uh, Okay, the cage match, okay, I'll give it to you that. That was badly booked. WrestleMania was great. Uh, Okay, the one with... uh, Randy Orton, the, the fans just just hated that at the Royal Rumble. I mean, granted, that's uh, the fans were pretty much turning on the company at that point. Um, but look at his match with Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam was amazing. Uh, his match with Cesaro that previous summer was good. The man's ring work is is good, if not better than any. But I would say almost anybody else's in the company because he's that good of a worker. He knows how to work a match. He knows timing. He knows psychology. He knows how to get reactions from fans. So how could you uh, how could you not say he's a, he's a, if not the best wrestler in that entire company? Oh, you mean like like in a technical sense or just overall? I mean like if because I, I I don't know that you know if you get like just you know he's like a fancy all time thing. If you put him okay, let's let's do it this way. It, it, any matches that he's ever had that, that have been good. I've never seen it to where he was the one that had to carry the match. I mean, you talk about, like, Daniel Bryan, that's because Daniel Bryan's a damn good wrestler. Same thing with Cesaro, same thing with Bray Wyatt, same thing with Edge, same thing with CM Punk. Like, say, even, like, Orton was on his game, like, those, like, five, six years ago when they had their matches, like, Triple H, JBL. Like, to me, and, and the proof is in the point. Like, look at the people that he, had, he was in the ring with that were not good. Did anybody say, oh, John Cena did a great job with the great Khali? No, they're like, that match sucked out loud. Like, they're, and like, like, Umaga, like, those matches were pretty unwatchable. Like, there were a lot of Cena matches that were, if if the person in the ring is not good, if not at his level or not the two or three steps above his talent level, you aren't going to get that good of a match because he can't, I don't think he can carry... Punk and Edge could. Sorry, we lost it there on Skype. <laughs> Dang it, where was I? Okay. Uh, Punk and Edge or something like that. Yeah, sorry, no, just to be short, like, uh, just to wrap it all up, I, unless the guy was, like, a, at the same level or a step or two higher, I don't think Cena could have a good match because I don't think, like, with his, with his in-ring ability, he could carry somebody that was at his level, I mean, a level below or even a level, two levels below, like an Edge or a Punk or a Bret Hart or like a, all the really good technical wrestlers, he just didn't have that ability without someone in the ring to carry him and show him what a good match was. Mm. Okay, Jim, did you have a rebuttal? I think I said everything I wanted to in the first part. Okay, all right. So, so Brian, can can you deny that Cena is is great on the mic and and promos and etc.? I mean, I could deny anything if you if you tell me to. Uh, I mean, just to just to be honest, like, I mean, as far as like his mic skills, I mean, he's had a lot of time to to hone it down and get his and hone his craft. But I I just I just don't know that you you could you could say that again. His stuff is any different than it was nine years ago. What is it like? He comes down like, "Why don't you come in my face? I'll kick your ass," or 
I never give up. Hustle, loyalty, respect. Like, you know, it. You, you can use the same shtick and just vary it up uh, by uh, by which opponent that you have. I mean, there's. I've never seen a Cena interview that was outside the box that was different than than the norm. Like, you're not going to get a Bray Wyatt interview out of Cena. You're not going to get the CM Punk pipe bombs. You know, like, I mean, he's he's consistent, but his stuff just stays the same to me. Like, he's he never really ventures forth into new territory. Okay, Jim, do you agree with that? Is he just keep saying the same thing over and over? Why you, yeah, why would you change something that's not broken? Because he's, you know, he's always made good points on the mic. He has always been uh, clear and has always gotten fan reactions from whatever he says. Um, he doesn't need to change up his style or go different or, um, you know, he's he's always had that same kind of uh, cocky attitude about him um, with some kind of sarcastic uh, humor. So, you know, why, why hurt that? I mean, he can go back to being... Uh, uh, chain gang uh, mode in, in the second and go right back to being uh, Mr. Superhero the next. So, you know, I think that works for him. It's worked for years. And you know what? It always gets reactions. Okay. Brian, did you have anything else to say about that? No, I mean, I don't know if it's going to venture to a different question, but the only thing I would definitely want to change is his entrance music because it's, you know, nine years ago when it said your time is up, my time is now. Got it, but after nine years, like who, who, whose time is it? I don't think anybody remembers at this point. I'm just saying. You can't change see me. Music. You can't just see me. <laughs> yeah, change, change the music. That's all I'm asking. All right. <laughs> okay, so so Jim, a lot of people think John Cena like fully embodies the PG era of wrestling. Uh, do you think he could still succeed in say the Attitude Era? Well, I think his early gimmick of uh, being. Um, you know that the rapid John Cena was definitely very Attitude Era esque. I mean, after the the merger between the two companies and the brand split and everything, um, I would say merger and more like WWE you know, bought out WCW. So um, I think yeah, he would have. You know, he probably needs to tweak his character, make it a bit more obscene. Um, really, um, though, if you really want to go to like say a pure like Attitude Era character, he he's definitely not that. Um, yeah, and in terms of like appealing to the kids and uh, still being popular, um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna uh, actually debate myself out of this one and say that yeah, he probably <laughs> okay. it probably would not work in the Attitude Era the way it was. But if the original John Cena uh, rapping superstar, um, he got over in that era very well, and I think that keeping that kind of gimmick, um, you know, would work also well. Built uh, back in '98 to at the height of the well, beginning of the Attitude Era. Okay. Okay, Brian, I think you might have gave you a... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give there. you that one. That's a very, <laughs> even, that's a very even good question, this, though. Even with his doctor, like, even his thugonomics gimmick, he wouldn't have made it past the mid-card. Like, you couldn't tell me that, like, The Rock at his highest point or Steve Austin or even the beginning of Triple H, you could have found, you know, Cena saying word life would have been anywhere close to credible title competition. Like, and even now, like... You know, what would the rock or undertaker of this you know ministry of darkness done you know kidnapped and converted fruity pebbles i mean like i they, from even from then to now they there's just no way especially now with this character the way it is can you find one guy in the attitude era that was just you know the same way from beginning to end never changed his character you'd be looking at like steve blackman you know just and i mean he was I mean that's a little insulting because Cena has a, a bit more personality and a lot and a lot more skill. But I, even no matter what character he had, I, there's no way he was going to make it past mid card with the way those guys were running at the time. There's just no way. Okay, Jim, did you want to add anything? No, nope, I think he's got a good. Okay, all right. So Brian, this is the last question. Oh. <laughs> no yeah. pressure. All right, so John Cena seems to win a lot of matches, and when he loses, it's never cleanly. But isn't that exactly what you should have, like, the face of the company do? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... But then again, you see, you would think that like, for, for an extended period of time that... I, I just think nine at, at, after nine years that somebody else, they would probably give him some last chance, or maybe they have and they didn't do it, to rise up there and, you know, rise above Cena, for instance, you know, just, I, I mean, with, with the, 
it's just a with, with the way that he he is booked. Yeah, like he's booked just like Hogan was, or I mean, but like Steve Austin lost quite a bit during his hot hot period too. I mean, I mean himself. But you look at seeing like his losses are like it takes like some catastrophic event just to lose a regular match. I mean, it takes what Punk turning bad to cost him the title when he cashed in Money in the Bank, or I mean, I, I just don't know. I I just don't. Or even when he when he fought The Rock, for instance, and I lost that first time. I just don't know that. I as far as that, like him being booked that way. I mean, yeah, like if you're the face of the company, you're supposed to win more times than not because you know the fans want to see you win. But he's not the he's not that normal face of the company because he gets booed a lot. People want to see him lose. He doesn't lose. And a lot of fans go home frustrated and, and like just like razzle frag them that kind of thing. That's a good point. All right. So so Jim, do you agree with uh, Brian there? Should Cena be be booked to lose more matches? Um, I don't think so. Again, he's he is the face of the company. Uh, he is their their number one guy, um, obviously. So I think the mat- number of matches he loses. I mean, they've been he's been actually kind of losing quite a bit lately, if you ask me. Uh, especially in pay-per-view, um, he's only like two and two, I think. This well, he's, um, yeah, he's only like two and three this year for uh, for pay-per-views. So, okay. um, I mean, granted, on Raw, yeah, he'll show up, he'll win. It takes quite a bit. There's always a DQ win or something like that. Um, so it does take a lot to beat him, which is good because you know it puts him over and puts whenever he loses to somebody, puts him over too. Um, I don't think Daniel Bryant would be as big as if he was if, Dan, if John Cena didn't give him the opportunity to wrestle for the uh, the world t- uh, the, the WWE title uh, in SummerSlam last year, and um, and and putting Daniel Bryant over cleanly, um, you know, d- and having that kind of reputation for being such a winner like uh, like he has John Cena that he can make people and put them over just by losing to them. So that's my opinion on that. Okay, good point. So he did lose that one to, to Brian, clearly. Yeah, right. right, um, did you have a rebuttal there, Brian? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it, I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's booked, like, he's, like, to me, like, if you've been at the top for this long, why should you, like, to me, him being the top man of the company, even still today, shows a lot more problems with WWE than it is Cena. Like, it's not, I mean, I'll give him this, it's not his fault. Because by this point, in the, in the course of the history of the, of the company I've, uh, you've ever seen, nobody lasts this long at the top. So either it's, I'm not saying like it's all his ability, because it's not, but I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for the fact that they haven't built up enough people to get to his level or higher, and they're still having to depend on him to give the same stuff that he's always done over and over again, because, again, they haven't put anybody to that level. And by this time, they should have. Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if they gave, uh, if they told Cena to lose more matches, I think he'd have no problem with it. I mean, look, just a real quick example. I'm sorry, but it, it just came back to me. Like, so look at it this way. When he, when CM Punk had his run as the champ, you know, to me, to me, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're the champ, 99 out of, times out of 100, you should main event a pay-per-view. And what is CM Punk? Hey, he fought Daniel Bryan like, for the title at a pay-per-view. Like, two really good wrestlers in a match. And who, what's the main event? John Cena versus John Laurinaitis with Big Show in his corner. I mean, is that really what the company thinks the fans want to see as the last match of the night? No, that that is a, that, that's a case right there where you, you ignore the fans and you shove a bad Cena match down everyone's throat. I'm just saying, like, there, there are a lot of examples to where he's booked at the top and shouldn't be anywhere close to it when it comes to a pay-per-view. Okay. All right. I think that'll about wrap it up. Um, well, did, uh... Before we get to closing statements, if anybody has them, I'd just like to remind anybody that wants to email dbjpodcast at gmail.com to vote on the best debater and not on who you agree with the most. (laughs) I'm going to email you right now. Who you you agreed with to begin with. I'm going to make some really good points. 
Yeah, if somebody made some really good points, you should vote for him. Yeah. No, I was, being, I was actually being serious. Like, I, I, <laughs> okay. I mean, despite so, the... So do you want to give up the uh, the competition no, then? No. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm just admitting <laughs> that... I'm just checking because you're, you're kind of giving... No, no, it's, like, like it's, not like, no, it's not like I was debating Moppy <laughs> or, again, two Moppy references, by God. Or, like, uh, it's not like I was, you know, trying to talk to, like, the Oriental Express or something here. Like, <laughs> okay. you know, like, you know, Jim made some very good points. Well, thank you. I think you made some good points as well. Uh, and we'll let the fans, our fan, <laughs> decide which one, <laughs> yeah. one person who listens. All right, well, this has okay, been a fun episode, so well, well, yeah. I guess we'll see everybody next week. This is uh, Turnbuckle Jim. Fast Count Brian. And Commissioner Travis. All right, y'all have a good night.